Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. And it is so good to see you again this Sunday. I love that we can come every single week and we get to remind ourselves what life is about. Can't all week long, it isn't possible all week long that things just want to keep stealing our hope, stealing our focus, stealing what we know who God is, and we get to come back in this place together and remind ourselves this is why we put Jesus front and center. So I love that we're worshiping together today. Now, I do want to remind you, um, if you, I gave a couple of these away this morning, um, reminder, these are the Welcome Centers. If you didn't get one last week, um, if you haven't looked at it yet after we gave them last week, um, there is a place to take notes and stuff, so we always remind you, hey, you can bring it with you Sunday morning. I'm excited to continue the series we started last week. I was in my office um, just a couple weeks ago, just recently. And something just felt different. I didn't know what it was, so I, I just continued with what I always do. You know, in the morning, I've got the first three hours of, hey, this is what I need to get done. But things just felt off. Well, then Bradley, our worship leader Bradley, he walks into the office, and I look up, and I look at him. And it hits me. It hits me and I say to him Bradley I don't think I put my contacts in right today <laughs> anybody ever worn contacts or you're wearing them right now anybody contact wear? have you ever put your contacts in the wrong eye before okay I don't know where my mind was I don't know what I was thinking that morning but because my my contacts were off my vision was off and what I realized is when my vision was off it kind of threw everything off that morning and I thought to myself Scott this is actually really timely all right, because I knew what I was going to be speaking about this week and as I thought about this is a great reminder a great reminder for the number one thing that I'm going to put it right out there today. What I want for us to take away today, and that is when our vision of God is off, everything else will be off as well. When our vision, our sight of God is off, everything else will be off as well. See, if you're a guest this morning, welcome again. It, it, maybe you, you missed last week. Uh, we started a series that's going to last uh, the next seven weeks. I'm going to be speaking on this series until spring break. And I want to tell you my hope for this series. My hope that even though it's only going to last seven weeks, my hope is that this conversation we're going to have is going to send ripple effects into every area and for the eternity of your life. See, last week we started a conversation of what Jesus wants most for us. And the number one thing, more than anything, what Jesus wants for us is a relationship with him. He wants a relationship with you the same as he had a relationship with the disciples. This is what we talked about last week. The relationship where they sat at his feet. 
They were in his presence. They, they learned from him. No, he, he was able to speak to them. They were able to ask questions. They were just able to talk about life. Jesus knows that relationships take time. But the byproduct of his time with the disciples were their lives were changed. And this is exactly what he wants with you. He wants one day at a time to build something that's personal, something that's authentic, something that is real with him. He wants to spend time with you, you sitting at his feet, learning from him, listening to him, being in his words so he can speak truth to us. He wants to spend time with us through prayer so we can speak to our struggles. We can speak to what we're carrying. We can just speak about life. This is what he wants for us. And the hope from that time spent with him is that what happened to the disciples is the same thing that happens to you and me, is that our lives are changed forever, that we don't stay the same. And as we spend time with him, the result is we become more like him every day. And you will hear it and you have heard it that in my opinion, the number one calling we have as people who have professed Jesus as our savior is to surrender ourselves to the process of becoming more like him every day. Now, let me tell you why I think this is important. First, it's simple because he asks us to. He asks us to. This is why I go back to that verse in 1 John 2, 6. It says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. It's an obedience thing. It's pretty simple. He asks us to. But the second reason is it allows us to live in the same freedom as Jesus did. Why is this so important? Because he wants us to live in the same freedom that he did. And in my opinion, Jesus lived the most free life that anybody could ever have lived. And he lived this way because he knew he had decided what mattered most. Let me tell you what I mean by that. As we become more like Jesus every day, two relationships are going to change in our life. One is our relationship with God. Two, our relationship with others. Our relationship with God and our relationship with others. If we're going to be like Jesus and live in the freedom that he did, these relationships have to be the most important relationships that we have in life because these were the most important relationships he had. And we know this because we see one day Jesus had a conversation. We see one day Jesus had a conversation with some religious people who were trying to trap him. They're trying to trap him by making him decide which rules or which laws or which commandments were the most important. Like, Jesus, what matters most? Now, 
The unfortunate part for the religious people who tried to trap Jesus is the, are these questions only set him up to bring clarity about how his followers were going to live. And so we'll go back to a famous passage, Matthew 22. It says, Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, it's important to go back to this moment because by them asking this question, Jesus was able to simplify the lives of the people who were trying to figure out, how am I supposed to follow you? How am I supposed to live my life now? And Jesus, in this moment, is able to say to them, you know what's most important to me? Just loving God and loving others. This is what's most important. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he's looking at people and going, I don't want to overburden you with rules and laws. See, to follow me, you need to do two things really well. Love God and love others. And as humans, we tend to overcomplicate things, don't we? We tend to overcomplicate things, don't we always? What if Jesus having that moment was he was trying to simplify things, focus things, where if we could make our life goals very clear, in everything that I do, I'm going to love God, I'm going to love other people the way I see Jesus did. Over the next six weeks, this is what I'm going to be tackling. How do we live out the greatest commandment that Jesus did? Love God, love others. How do we wrestle with going down this journey of saying, if that was the most important thing for Jesus, it's going to be the most important thing for me. How does that work? That's what we're going to do. So let's go. Once again, if you have your See, Feel, Act book, you know, um, you can use it. But if you looked at it this week, if the opportunity to read it, what you would see is how everything in this journey starts. What you'll see in this journey of becoming more like Jesus and, and, and walking out these greatest commandments, you'll see how Jesus lived and how he started, how he walked this process that it all starts with loving God and how we begin this pathway of loving God the words that I felt like God brought to me to bring to you is we need to see the truth about God if our relationship with God is going to be like how Jesus walked with him we need to see God as he did and this is why it goes back to where I started today. If your vision of God is off, then everything else will be off as well. We see this all throughout the Bible. We see this in everyday life in our culture. How we see God changes how we relate to God. How we see God changes how we respond in relationship to Him. 
If God seems distant, then what happens? Our relationship will be distant. If God seems harsh, then God is going to seem to be angry and always looking to punish. If God seems inconsistent, then we can't trust him because he's unreliable. How we view God changes how we relate to him. It's going to determine our relationship. For some people, the hard part of loving God goes back to our past. For some of us, we've had things happen in our life, and we wonder, God, where were you in this? And so we see a God that didn't show up when we want, and it changes our relationship. For some people, you grew up in the church. And for some reason, the church that you grew up in gave you a little bit of a distorted view of who God is. Many people have church baggage, and it kind of it affects that relationship where you can believe that Jesus died on the cross. But because that vision of who God is is blurry, I can believe in him, but I never can get close to him. Loving God seems so hard to do. Believing is one thing, but loving is another. How you view God shapes your relationship with him. So what we need to happen in our life is to see him as he is. And for some of us, our image of God needs to change so that our relationship changes with it. And what I mean by that, uh, I, the best picture I can show you is uh, about someone that I briefly hinted at last week, a story I hinted about, about in the letter written about the Acts, what we see is an incredibly passionate follower of God named Saul or Paul, depending on the time. We see a guy who was raised up in the church and he had some of the best mentors anybody could ever ask for. What we see is Paul or Saul is very smart, he's very disciplined, he's very committed to the work of God. So much so that it seemed like there was this movement growing of people believing that Jesus was the Messiah. The group gets growing large and he hears about it and he decides, I'm going to do whatever it takes to eradicate this movement. Because this was offensive to him because of how he saw God. Jesus was offensive because of his view of God. And so what he did is he just went, many of you know this, he went and just terrorized people, imprisoned people. It says he had, had, had threatening language to people. Until one day. Until one day... Paul had a moment or Saul had a moment in his life that changed everything and you know what changed everything it was how he saw who God was in Acts chapter 9 Paul is headed to another city to do what he does and he's on the road to Damascus and Luke tells us what happens on this road Luke 9 verse 3 it says as he neared Damascus on his journey journey Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when his eyes opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now what we see in this story is when Paul or Saul arrives in Damascus, a man named Ananias meets him there. And for three days he looks after him and Paul doesn't eat anything. Doesn't eat food, doesn't have water, doesn't have anything. And he's able to have a moment with God where God's able to speak to him, hey, you're not seeing me the way that you should see me. And so for three days, I believe God began to reveal himself. He didn't see God as he should. And the results of this, the results of Paul not seeing the truth of God was his life and mission were off track. Can I just say this about life always? When your view of God is off, your mission and your life will get off track this is what happened to Paul Paul needed his vision to be corrected well Luke continues the story Luke continues the story in Acts and he says after those three days um, at the direction of God Ananias went to Paul he laid hands on him and he prayed for him and what it says is he all of a sudden was able to receive his sight he got baptized and he left Damascus in this moment, Paul received vision. He was never the same. And the result of that is when Paul's vision of God changed, his life and mission changed with it. So when his vision was off, his mission and life was off track. When he had new vision, all of a sudden it corrected things and he found what his mission and his life was supposed to be. This is the story of Paul. And this is how it always works. I don't know what you are most about in life right now. I don't know what's most important to you, but I'll tell you, we are at our best always. We are the most free. We will connect with the purpose that God created us to live in the best when our life is changed because of how we see God. That's why I say in the beginning, when our vision of God is off, everything else will be off as well. So for some of us, because of whatever experiences in life, for some of us, we need to have a Paul experience where our vision is changed so that our view of God is changed and potentially our mission and purpose change with it. So for the next, you know, the time we have left, I want to look at how should we be viewing God? How should we be seeing God? What should our vision of God be? And I think we see a beautiful picture of God if we put together three specific places. We see God in three specific places. And the first is we see God in the beginning. 
We see God in the beginning. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't think it's by accident that these are the first words that Scripture tells us. And you may have heard this part of the Bible your whole life. You may have grown up in the church and you're like, I know in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But the reason we need to go back there is God being there before anything needs to be foundational in what we think about Him. Because if He's there first, then it puts Him in the proper seat. If he created everything, it allows us to see God with the proper vision of who he is. But, I think what's incredible about this story is that's how it begins, but that's not where it ends. What we see very quickly is God did not, not only did he create the heavens and the earth, he created everything in the heavens and the earth. And what we see is that God not only created everything in it, he created us. It's important to be reminded of this. It's important that we don't miss this part of Scripture. Because God had all the capacity to create everything and anything, and he decided to create us. Something that can be so well known can be missed in the story. That God had the capacity to create everything in anything, and he decided, I want to create people. He decided to create us. And what this tells me is, in the beginning, God was all-powerful. And he wanted to be with us. I need to see God is not just all powerful that he can create everything. I want to see that he can create everything and he wanted to be with me. After creation, the number one priority that he had was to be in a personal relationship with you and I. You and I are created on purpose. And in order for our relationship with God to go, we need to remember that God made me and wants to be with me. If you walk down in our children's area, one of the posters that you'll see is that, is that God made me and he wants to be my friend. Even from the earliest age, we need to tell these children that God made them but he also wants to be their friend. But then we get to be adults. And we can miss this very simple but powerful statement that God made me and he wants to be with me. It's important to see that God was in the beginning because it shapes how I view him and it shapes my relationship with him. But that's the first place that we need to see God in the beginning. But the second place is that we need to see God in Jesus. We need to see God in Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus is having a conversation with people and he says, I and the Father are one. 
What John tells us is that Jesus is having an argument with the religious people again. That's what Jesus does. He argues with them. And they're trying to make him declare who he is. And so like Jesus, tell us who you are. And he says this, that I and the Father are one. You know what they do next? They reach down they begin to pick up stones. They want to throw them at him. They want to stone him to death because what he just said was blasphemy. It was blasphemy to them because they have the same vision that Saul had before he had the moment that they didn't see God in Jesus. And when we don't see God in Jesus, we miss something super powerful. They missed the reason that Jesus even came because to them, him saying, I am the Father, am one, was so blasphemous, they missed the whole purpose, which we see in maybe the most famous verse in Scripture, John 3, 16. Jesus having conversation with a guy named Nicodemus, and he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus was God in flesh, and he desires to save us and give us new life. We need to see God for who he is. In the beginning, God created everything, including us. But if you know the story of the beginning of this earth, you know that because of our sin, everything was broken, everything was wrecked. The world and the relationship with God and his people was broken. But when the time was right, God came to the earth in flesh to fix what was broken. This is how we are to see Jesus. We can't just see God in the beginning. We need to see God in Jesus because once again, it shows us God wants to be with us in relationship. It shows us that God never gives up on us. It shows us that God will do anything for us, that this is the pursuit of God that never ends. He wanted to fix the relationship with us so he could be close with us again. God does not want a distant or broken relationship with you. He wants to be close. And God, in the form of Jesus, made this possible. And if we miss this point, we miss this point that maybe you've heard since you were young, you will miss the point of why Jesus even came. You'll miss a picture of God that can potentially change everything about how you function in this earth. So we see God in the beginning. We see God in Jesus, but I said there's three places, and this is the last one, is we get to see God in our lives through the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, in Jesus, and now we need to see God as close as he ever has been, and that is in you. 
When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are given the Holy Spirit, which is the closest we'll ever be to God. When Jesus left this earth in John chapter 14, he says to us, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. God knows that we needed him in the beginning. God knows we needed Jesus for salvation. And God knows we needed the Spirit for every day. We get to see God in our lives every day through the Holy Spirit. God is always present. God is always working. God is always generous. And God is always loving. Let's talk about this for a second. God is always present. You don't have to beg God to be close to you. You don't have to beg God to be with you. One of the things, if we have conversations off stage, I'll say to people, listen, you don't have to beg God to be close to you. The desire of God is that we become more aware of his presence. That sometimes, even how we use language is, God, we, I need you to be close to me. And what I hear is God saying, I already am. You need to see me, that I'm already there. How we see God changes everything in our life. If our vision of God is off, everything is going to be off as well. And when we don't see that God is present every single moment of our lives, we miss the closeness that he wants to have with us. Think about the prayers that you've prayed. How many times have you prayed, God, will you just come and be with me? God, will you just be here? What would happen in our life if our prayers changed? God, to help me see you that you already are here, you already are close, you're already right with me because you can't be, there's not a possibility for you not to be here. The word here is omnipresent. God, there's no way that you can't be here because you are everywhere. What would happen in your relationship with God if we understood through the Holy Spirit that he is never not right with us how would we operate what kind of peace comes into our life what kind of courage comes into our life if we viewed God as always present how would that change my relationship with him if I knew that I couldn't go anywhere that he wasn't how would that change how I operate in life how would it change if we understood that God is always working through the Holy Spirit. We sing a song around here sometimes um, that says, uh, it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. 
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop. We sing the songs when we lead you in worship, but do we remember it every day that there's not a moment that God isn't working? Through the Holy Spirit, God is never stopping, I believe. The question is, are we going where God is going? Are we going in another direction? He always wants to be working in our life, but are we in a relationship that we are working together or are we working against? When we realize that God is always there working, what kind of relationship would you have with him if your view was that? Your view was, God, I know you're for me. I know that you're working for the good of those who love you. That, that, what would that change in how we saw him? How would that change our relationship? If we saw that God was always generous, always providing, always giving, always giving us more than we need, that he is providing for us in generosity, even down to just giving his life. How would that change our relationship when we sit in a seat of God, you are so loving? When we see scripture come true where it says God is love, that the core of who he is is he is a loving God, how would that change how we operate every day? That many days... Have you felt the absence of love in your life? Wondering how people view you when people hurt you? And when we forget how much we're loved by God in these moments, we don't run to Him. We continue to search for it in this world and we look for love. And we, the phrase is we look for love in all the wrong places, right? But when our vision of God changes that he is always loving, how would that change how we operate today? No matter what we're going through in life, we need to see that God is always with us through the Holy Spirit. Not only with us, but he's always been since the beginning, since Jesus, and now through the Holy Spirit every moment of our life we have been given his presence so we can live in his victory when we understand and see who god is what we will begin to understand is there is nothing greater than any god is greater than anything that we've ever experienced in our life Paul, his life was going in a wrong direction. I believe he was living with unnecessary stress. He was living with unnecessary friction between him and God. But his view of God changed. And his life changed with it. And if we are going to grow into a loving relationship with God, we need to see the truth of who God is. We need to have our vision changed because some of us come in with baggage. God, you're distant. God, you haven't been reliable. There's a vision of God that he is very angry and always looking to point out where I do wrong things. 
that yes, maybe there's a God in heaven, but is there a God with me today? What happens when we see God differently, how he interacts with us and how we can interact with him changes completely. My desire for us at One Hope is that we see the truth about God so that we can begin to walk in the relationship that he's always wanted us to have. That he is all powerful, but he wants to be with you. He came through Jesus so he could save your life. And he gives us the Holy Spirit so that we never walk through something alone. That we have everything we've ever needed. But the question for the day is really how do you see God? How do you see God? Do you see him the way he needs to be seen? Do you see him for everything he shows us in scripture or is something a little off? And because of that, just like me sitting in my office, I keep going through life, but I'm like, something just feels off today. And so we continue to go through life through this battle. And we're missing the God that wants to walk through it with us. So can I pray for us for a second? God, can you help us see you for who you are? God, can you help us see the truth about who you are, who you were in the beginning, that you are all-powerful, you're the creator. We see you all through creation, but not just see you through creation. We see that you created us because you want us. God, can we see you as the God that sent Jesus because the relationship was broken and you wanted to be close with us. You wanted to save us. You wanted to rescue us, so we needed Jesus. We needed God through Jesus. But God, here we are today, and we still wrestle with a lot of things. So you sent us the Holy Spirit to give us guidance, to give us Direction to give us correction, to give us wisdom and hope. God, you gave us the Holy Spirit so you could be in us every day. And God, I have to believe that there's somebody watching, listening, or in this room today who doesn't feel a loving relationship with you because we just don't see you the way you really are. And will you... Show us that today. That there's nothing that's ever been greater than you. Because of that, you meet us in what we're dealing with today, and you want to be our God. You want to be personal with us. You don't want us just to believe in you. You want us to love you with our mind, our heart, our soul, everything. But God, may we remember today that you loved us before we ever could love you. So God, can you help us see you for who you are and because that change our relationship? It's your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. 
Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.